Are you ready to change your life for the better? Hello again, and welcome to Mind Body Budget. I'm your host, Maddie Rose, and I'm back again to give you realistic tips for your personal growth and general existence as a human in America. I work in finance. I'm big on self-help and what self-help resources can do to make our lives better. Absolutely everybody should have access to resources on mental health, bodily wellness, and money mindfulness. So let's get into this week's episode on how to ward off the winter blues. Seasonal depression, winter blues, cabin fever, whatever you want to call it, or whatever your unique experience is with this, our mental health can take a hit and decline during the winter months. We're barely getting any sun exposure. Our skin might be dry or itchy. If you're like me, you are personally victimized by dry hands and chapped lips. The holidays can add extra stress on our finances and mental capacity. There are far less activities and vacations planned during the winter, so it's easy to feel bored and unmotivated. And once the holidays pass, it's just freezing and unpleasant outside for quite a while. If you live someplace that doesn't get cold in the winter, congratulations, I'm very, very jealous of you. Regardless, we are all susceptible to winter blues or the occasional dip in mental health. Today I'll go over some strategies that you might be able to utilize when this happens. Encountering feelings of sadness or emptiness is never easy, but there are ways that we might be able to help ourselves feel better, or at least give ourselves the opportunity to try. When encountering these negative feelings, it's important to see and accept our feelings as they are without judging ourselves harshly. We're human and we're capable of quite a few emotions. Inevitably, some of these emotions or moods will feel bad. Oftentimes the blues do pass with time, but as I'll touch on later in this episode, you know your body best, so you will want to consider if these negative feelings are something you want to seek treatment for. I am not a doctor, so I definitely encourage you all to speak with a health professional if the bad feelings you experience extend beyond what is manageable on your own. Anyways, as I was saying, it's important to recognize our feelings and give ourselves the space to feel them. And in the midst of these feelings, we might try things that make us feel better, otherwise known as coping mechanisms. There are a million coping mechanisms out there. One of my favorite coping mechanisms for sadness or a funk I'm in is to stay busy and focus on my never-ending to-do list, and I may or may not isolate myself in my bedroom. I feel the safest when I'm by myself, and it's harder for my brain to spiral into anxious thoughts when I'm busy and focused on other things than my impending doom. In some ways, these could be considered unhealthy coping mechanisms, but we all have our tried and true methods of coping that make us feel better. I'm not here to shame how one person might cope differently than another, We are all trying our best to reduce negative feelings during stressful situations. Finding coping mechanisms that work for you will be trial and error, and not everybody will find the same coping mechanisms useful. Unfortunately, there's not a one-size-fits-all solution to fixing our mental health. And while it's certainly preferable to find coping mechanisms that don't cause harm to you, a lot of coping mechanisms do. Some common ones are substance abuse, compulsive spending, negative self-talk, excessive screen time. There are far too many to list, but you get the idea. So it's helpful if we build a toolbox of coping mechanisms so over time we can practice choosing options that are healthier. And as always, remember that no one is perfect and we're all trying our best. 
We are bound to have coping mechanisms that are healthier and some that are not very healthy. Regardless of the coping mechanisms used, they help us survive. And here are some ideas that might be helpful for combating the winter blues if or when they do arise. First, you should make spending time with your friends, family, or partner a priority. We're happiest when we're spending time with those we love. It's easy to let the weeks or months pass by without scheduling time with people in your life, but connecting with loved ones is one of the best medicines around to help you feel better. Sometimes we need to be the initiator to ensure we give ourselves opportunities for connection, or sometimes we need to accept plans from an initiator rather than saying no or canceling. It can be beneficial for our mental health to push outside of our comfort zones and accept plans with new friends or doing new activities that might initially make us a little uncomfortable. By uncomfortable, I mean that kind of nervous, excited feeling. I'm not trying to advocate that you do dangerous activities with strangers. Pushing yourself out of your social comfort zone is good for you in many ways. This can be especially helpful in relationships to go outside of your usual dates and routines that you have with your partner to create novel experiences. Those of you with social anxiety can relate when I say that nervous pre-socializing anxiety can make you feel like you're drowning in fear and uncertainty. I get mad stomach aches when I'm about to hang out with someone new. Our brain can make us feel threatened in pretty non-threatening situations. But try your best not to cancel plans because of fear. Sometimes canceling is the best solution if you 100% don't feel like socializing or you're having an overwhelming week. I certainly fantasize about canceling plans at times. But most of the time when I push past the discomfort, I don't regret socializing and trying to connect with others. There's times when it is necessary and cancellations are unavoidable. But try to be a reliable person to spend time with. And if your friends consistently cancel on you, it might be time to try to cultivate new connections. You deserve people who you can rely on to spend time with. And try to focus on spending time with the people who make you feel safe, comfortable, and heard. Otherwise, this tip can backfire if you end up spending time with like an energy vampire or someone who drains the life out of you. To ensure I have enough time with my friends, we schedule specific days of the week that we'll spend time together. For example, every Thursday, me and a few friends have a squad night where we might meet at a bar, grab dinner, or do crafts. We just had a potluck Friendsgiving celebration a few weeks ago. We like to frequent dive bars in the area. We've gone to the zoo, been axe throwing and roller skating. Sometimes we just have a good old fashioned movie night, although we usually end up talking through the whole thing. It's a commitment we make to spend time together every week. You might consider scheduling something similar with your friends. It can be difficult to squeeze time in with busy adults, especially if they have kids or other big responsibilities. And personally, I find that last-minute plans give me more anxiety because I like my days planned out. A lot of busy, working adults don't have the capacity or free time for last-minute plans. That's why scheduling a specific time and day can help make that hangout a priority. And spending time with friends and family doesn't have to be in person. Technology has given us the great gift of connecting with people from far away. You can schedule FaceTime dates, give a family member a good old-fashioned phone call, or text a friend you haven't heard from in a while to catch up. Just try your best not to text your terrible ex, but it's your life, do whatever feels right for you. Next tip is to plan a vacation or mini vacation. Vacations don't always have to be a complex or far away ordeal. They just need to give you some type of relaxation or excitement away from your regular routine. So driving to a city an hour away from you and being a tourist for the day, that can be a mini vacation. 
And planning a vacation can be a real vacation that you intend on taking soon, like a weekend road trip to a different state. Or this can be a theoretical vacation that you intend to take in the future. This could possibly be plans for international travel and researching the country that you'd like to visit. Planning a vacation can help you see the big picture, that there is life outside of a stormy, gray, snowy winter. Imagining drinking a pina colada on the beach is the next best thing to actually doing it. Bonus points if you can actually take a vacation during the winter to break up the monotony. I just returned from a December cruise to the Bahamas and it felt amazing to get some sunshine during the winter. It felt like summer for a week. Admittedly, I was a little bothered by the movement of the ship. I went in confident that I wouldn't get seasick. It was my first cruise. And it wasn't horrible, but I definitely felt like I was rocking for a few days after I got off the boat. So be warned and bring Pepto if you decide to go on a cruise and you have tummy issues. Regardless, it was definitely worth it to have a break from work and soak up some sunshine outside of the Midwest. Hopefully the good vibes will keep me going through the winter. My next tip is to make sure you're taking extra good care of your body during the winter. Get regular exercise so you're moving and your body doesn't go into hibernation. If it's too cold outside to work out, you might consider getting a gym membership or looking up videos on YouTube for workouts you can do at home. You don't need any workout equipment to complete a simple workout inside. All you'll need is time and an internet connection on a device to research workout routines. You can also buy weights, resistant bands, or some type of cardio machine for more options for at-home workouts. I've gotten into a routine of doing some type of cardio, then ab workouts, weights, and squats. But there are lots of indoor workout options to choose from, even when it's cold outside. Don't let the cold discourage you from staying active. Try some stretching before and after you work out as well, or even when you wake up in the morning, getting movement in during the day will definitely make you feel better, and it's good for you. It's generally recommended to get 150 minutes of exercise each week. I usually do about 30 minutes of exercise for five days a week. You'll also want to be sure you're getting enough sleep. This is important at any time of the year, but especially during winter when we're more likely to have low energy or feel down due to the lack of sunlight and activity. Developing a nighttime routine can help you wind down at night. We benefit from having a schedule, so try to get to bed around the same time every night. It can also help to avoid looking at screens and blue light before bed. I know that one is hard, but it's not a bad idea to read a book or practice gratitude or meditation. I take magnesium and vitamin C before I go to sleep. I think the magnesium has helped with my sleep quality a little bit. If I feel like I'm not very tired, I'll also take a small amount of melatonin to help. I've also been using earplugs lately when I'm expecting a louder environment, like my brother snoring on vacation, so I'm prepared and more likely to sleep better. Also pay attention to what you're fueling your body with. Be sure to eat a colorful diet, including lots of fruits and vegetables, and ensure you're consuming enough protein to give you energy to get through the day. I'm a big fan of protein shakes. You also might consider taking vitamins to ensure your body is receiving the proper amount of daily nutrients. And as always, make sure you're washing your hands, not only after using the restroom, but also before you eat, after you get home from work, after shopping at the grocery store. You can pick up a lot of germs from being out and about, especially during cold and flu season. You'll want to pay extra attention to washing your hands or using hand sanitizer. Either one works just fine. We all want to avoid getting sick during this time of the year. When we're feeling down, the last thing we need is to also feel physically sick on top of that. Another way to ward off winter blues is, when you can, spend time outdoors or look at pictures or videos of nature. 
Nature is extremely healing to humans, and ultimately our natural environment can make us feel calm and connected to a force larger than the mundane daily tasks we face. This is tricky when it's cold outside, but watch out for warmer days to see if you can take a quick walk or do something outside of your house. You might be able to take advantage of winter activities like ice skating, skiing, sledding, or hiking. This goes along with what I was saying earlier about staying active. And if the weather is way too cold or if you don't have the time or energy to make the trip outdoors, you might consider watching a movie or documentary with forests, oceans, or animals in it. You could also try setting the background picture screen of your phone or computer to a peaceful scene in nature. Being in nature or viewing nature will likely reduce your stress and that can definitely help give you a mental boost. My next piece of advice is to start a new hobby. This can help you stay busy and feel accomplished as you advance in a new skill. This is the perfect time to pick up an indoor activity when it's freaking cold outside. Examples are learning to play an instrument, crafting, pottery, art, try a new indoor sport, photography, writing, learning a new language, cooking. There are so many hobbies. All you need to do is choose something you enjoy or something that you're curious about, then explore that hobby. A lot of people feel discouraged picking up a new hobby as an adult, and it's understandable to lack enthusiasm at first when it feels as if you're not making progress. But we have the power to push through those moments of discouragement and keep learning. Rather than focus on meeting specific standards at first, I like to focus on spending a certain amount of time applying myself to the new hobby. This can be one hour a week and increasing that amount as I feel more comfortable working on that project or as I gain traction. That might be a helpful way to look at starting a new hobby so you aren't too focused on your lack of skills, but rather stay focused on your time clocked in to the new activity. And if you decide the hobby isn't for you, that's fine. At least you had the courage to try something new. And if you want to go easy on yourself, go ahead and start binging a new television show or make a list of movies that you've never seen before and get started watching them. The winter is the best time to cuddle up in cozy blankets next to your television and binge. You might also spend time listening to music or podcasts that you like. Obviously, you don't want to go overboard with the screen time, but that's up to you to determine how much screen time is too much screen time. And sometimes you just cannot beat rotting in bed. It is what it is. Another idea for giving you a good feeling boost is to do something nice for someone or something else. There are usually a decent amount of volunteer opportunities during the winter. It feels good to do something directly for your community. You can donate to a canned food drive or coat drive. You can donate your time or your money. Maybe you can go through your clothes and donate what you no longer wear. Doing something nice can also be a small act of kindness toward friend, stranger, or pet. And right now I'm brainstorming about how I'll make my cat's winter a little bit more fun by gifting her toys and treats, maybe even a little extra catnip. If you are nicer, the world looks nicer. You get what you give. If you believe in karma, then this one is for you. Put out that positive energy to get some in return. And lastly, you might want to make an appointment with your therapist or mental health professional if you feel it's time. You know your body and your mind the best. Therapy and medication is life-saving. There's nothing wrong with taking medication that makes life more manageable. And it can be so beneficial to speak with a therapist or counselor about how you're feeling. Sometimes it's just nice to know we aren't alone in our negative emotions or occasional bouts of anxiety or depression or whatever it may be. Luckily, we have a lot of tools at our disposal for handling mental health issues as they arise. 
Unfortunately, mental health care is still expensive and outside of the budget for a lot of Americans. I'd love for mental health care to be accessible to all, but we aren't quite at that point yet. Remember, there are many resources out there for assistance if that is the case. I wish the best for you this winter season, and I hope these ideas are helpful for anyone who's looking for ways to ward off the winter blues. We got this. These ideas can be helpful beyond the winter and carry you through sad spring, sorrowful summer, and unhappy autumn. Just remember that things do get better. I know, cliche. And it's not unusual to encounter lower moods. What's important is knowing how to sit with the emotions and have a plan for taking care of yourself when this does happen. Giving your mental health priority in your life doesn't happen overnight. We just gotta start with those baby steps and make our way there slowly so we can be happier and more compassionate versions of ourselves. Thanks for listening to Mind Body Budget, and I'll be here next week to give you more personal growth content. See ya.